Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Hi, Sarah Weiss here, and welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Joni Advent Maher. Joni is the founder of Revolutionary Heart and host of the popular Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow podcast. She's a mystic, spiritual midwife, visionary guide, who has stepped out of the spiritual closet to catalyze the next wave of emerging feminine leadership. She draws from 30 years of guiding people back to their true nature, purpose, and source. Let's welcome Joni to our podcast today. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast, Joni. Thank you for being with us today. Mm, It's my great pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I would love it if you could bring your spiritual presence to us in the form of an invocation or prayer to open up the sacred space for our podcast today. Can you do that, please? I would be happy to. And I would invite you, dear listener, to close your eyes if you're able and to bring your presence and awareness into your heart space, into the space that I call the Cathedral of the Heart, which is the sacred space where the Holy of Holies dwells within you. And to just come for a moment to rest in that state. To rest in the stillness and the expanse and the presence and the grace and your unique vibration. I bring today my own unique vibration and I welcome into our sacred space and circle that of each of us no matter when we're listening to this or sharing this experience. And I offer this for the benefit of all beings. Aho. Aho. Thank you. My pleasure. When we open sacred space like this, we have new ears to hear with, new eyes to see with. Our being takes in wisdom on multiple levels and dimensions, and we connect within in a way that accesses our own resources, our own depth of being. And that's what the podcast is about. It's about sharing a frequency Hmm. that empowers each person to awaken within themselves. And so today, my interview with Joni is part of a theme that I've been uh, researching here, 
And that is the theme of living into your own wisdom. That's a big mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Simple, but not easy. (laughs) Right. Right. And Joni is one of those people who has lived into her wisdom. And I don't mean wisdom as a, a final end point, but as an infinite path of daily living into your wisdom. And so today, Joni will be sharing with us stories of how she has embodied this in her life and the challenges and the excitement of becoming a sovereign, grounded, light being. Mm. And I hope it's very inspiring for our listeners. I know it will be for me. (laughs) Just Mm. listening to your invocation took me into a space. My hands were vibrating. My being was lighting up and felt really, really good. So thank you. So Joni, can you give us a little background, you know, how you started out as a traditional therapist and what moments of awakening and synchronicities and guidance came to you to move you from a traditional therapist into a guide and spiritual teacher? I would say that my journey was not, it was not a before and an after kind of journey. I would say my path as a spiritual teacher in a way was was kind of woven throughout my life. And really my first experience of stepping into that role was was as a teenager, actually. Mm. Um, I had participated in a church-based program for youth that was what they called a renewal program. And in the, the course of participating and then stepping into leadership, there was uh, a priest from my local parish who reached out to my mother and spoke to her about really about what he saw in me in terms of we'll say, whether it was spiritual depth or capacity that was unusual or was perhaps beyond what, you know, what he was being reflected in in my peers. And so that it came at a very challenging time of my life. It came at a time when I was really emerging out of both darkness within my family and uh, kind of darkness I had been exploring on my own. And, and I would love to tell you that that, that was what really catapulted me <laughs> full on into my journey, but I had to emerge back into that darkness beyond that experience. So, so it was this kind of weaving in and out. And my, my desire to be a therapist was in part inspired by my desire to want to foster transformation. And prior to that, I had thought I might want to do work in the political arena because it was important to me. Fostering change was important to me. And and, and then I, I spent a few years after college exploring politics and, and very quickly... <laughs> was disillusioned um, in that arena and and came back to the idea that really the only way 
change is going to happen is is person by person. And so I pursued my degree in social work and became uh, licensed as a clinical social worker and worked as a therapist. But almost from the beginning, concordantly, I was exploring my own spiritual growth and development because a few years prior, I had gotten sober and clean from an addiction. I had had an early wake-up experience that kind of shook me out of that darkness that I had mentioned earlier. And and so I really was hungry for spiritual growth in my 20s and as a young woman, as I was becoming a therapist. So therapist was the role that I knew I could be present and support people. But but it I, I was never <laughs> I was never really quote a conventional therapist. Um, so my my spiritual growth and my yearning, my service in that way has has kind of come in fits and starts. And I, I don't know if if that is the case for everyone, but for me that was my journey. Were you exposed to 12-step programs in your late teens as a result of uh, addiction? Yes. yes. So addiction was part of my family's uh, legacy and lineage. My father actually had been in recovery for most of my life. Um, and I had a cousin who was also in recovery. So I knew what my problem was. I knew where to get help. And I did... Yes, become involved in 12-step programs, as well as another path of spiritual growth and recovery um, that was very resonant with that. Okay, I just wanted to see if that tied together at all in your your path with the 12-step program. Well, I think the piece that, that does tie together, which is... It's interesting because it's something I'm exploring in my life just these days is it's the depth and the breadth of a spiritual perspective that includes both, I would say, the pain and suffering we experience in our lives, as well as the shadow aspect or what 12 steps might call uh, your character defects. So from the very beginning, I have embraced a path of spirituality that is fully dimensional in all of those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's part of, you know, it's part of my gift, but it's still part of my learning in, in terms of how do we hold all of this? Yes. And, and let me ask you, did you have some altered type of experience of an inspirational transcended type of experience that helped you in the awakening <laughs> in the in the early phases much of my awakening came th- through pain actually you know so it came through facing hard things uh, certainly i stopped drinking in my early 20s and it was the result of of pain. So I, I certainly had transcendent experiences. As I said, I began to explore a, a process of growth called the path work. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I was a student and a teacher for almost 20 years in, in that path. And in that body of work, I did experience many transcendent experiences and, and I would add that, that for me, because much of what I bring is related to the feminine and the, the feminine face of the divine, and I believe part of my vibration is, is very strongly resonant with that divine mother essence, um, that it was in becoming pregnant and anticipating the birth of my daughter, who was my my only child, that that really was another phase of awakening. So it was through our relationship that really opened me to my my feminine awakening, which was the more embodied awakening mm. to my path and spirituality. Yes. So many women um, have an experience during pregnancy, childbirth, uh, raising children that brings them back in touch with the feminine. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that women speak to that often enough. And I'm so glad to hear you refer to it as part of your awakening process. Mm-hmm. There was nothing like it before or after. <laughs> I mean, there's a deepening, but... But that, that probably is the only place where there is kind of the before and the after in, in a more discreet um, mm-hmm. way. Yes. So how would you describe the um, emergence and the qualities that began to manifest themselves through your personality about the feminine? What was it that was so entrancing and, and caught you up in the beauty of it? Well, it's interesting. In some ways, it was a returning to or reclaiming of my own nature, because most people who know me would say that that my essence or my nature is very feminine in terms of uh, being very compassionate and connected, for example, to beauty and to communion as a practice, as well as um, just that heart-centeredness, which I connect to the feminine. And for years, for many years, I disowned that and came up both in a family and a culture that heavily Uh, disparaged that. So I really was disowning it. So it was a return to or an embrace of who I who I was and who I was seeing reflected in. uh, I certainly have worked with over the years, ascended masters such as Mother Mary, having been raised Catholic. uh, She was a presence in my life, but also Kuan Yin as the goddess of compassion, and and then later on Mary Magdalene and Green Tara. So connecting with aspects of the divine feminine in those forms, which then mirror those places in myself. I know you and I have a, a shared connection or love of nature, 
you talked about you talk about earth mm -hmm. and and i equate that as well with the feminine and the sacred okay, nature gonna, of the feminine i'm going to bring you back to this because as you were speaking of the beautiful goddesses i could see in your energy field the transmission the deep connection that you have with the, these beings. So you're actually receiving a transmission from these beings. Mm. Um, yes. You, right? And can you, can you verbalize a little bit about that? Because when I see that in someone, so I, I can see the essence of that being and it's this flow of this beautiful type of light that flows from that ideal into someone's being and the process of taking that energy and making it yours. You're asking just my experience of that or, or how? Sure, your experience and how that experience or how that inspiration became a reality in you and your life because you express that, you express the essence of the goddess. Mm, thank you. So some of it is this, one of the things that I find to be true, and, and you may as well, is that so often uh, what is being woven through our life in terms of whether it's the presence of support in the form of goddesses or our higher self acting on our behalf or the larger matrix of life acting on our behalf that that frequently that is happening <laughs> without our conscious awareness and from time to time we notice <laughs> it's like Oh, look at that. Look at look at how this is showing up or or look at how that is coming into my experience. And so it it really started in that way and for me I opened up a a writing practice. I guess it was probably 10 or 12 years ago and what was coming through my writing was transmissions from the goddess and truth be told i did not really have a great uh, support or container to to kind of help me um understand what was happening to uh to metabolize it or digest it and and so there was this little bit of um push pull or shame because it was coming up in a traditional writing group and nobody right. else in the group was writing that way right but this is something our listeners can really relate to because you just verbalized that discomfort uh, and and lack of preparedness yes. and teaching and mentoring how to be that container yes yes exactly and so maybe you can describe a little more of how, what your process was to become a good container for that, a crystal chalice, mm. if you will. Yes. 
Well, I would say that much of that process was my own internal journey, we'll say, both with my higher self and these guides, not always with my conscious awareness, really understanding what was going on. It, 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 was, it was a bumpy and sometimes messy um, process of oh, unfolding yeah, we like it. messy. We love messy. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> right, right. I, I remember um, sharing once in my own podcast, I, I did an episode on fear. And I remember there was a series of, I don't know, 18 months, maybe two years where it felt like literally every Saturday, I would wake up almost in like terror. And it, it just was this processing. It was just this these layers and levels of fear that I would meet and that I would process. And in, in my sanctuary space, in my home, and, and with my practices, which were you know, movement-based or prayer-based or um, journaling-based. And I just kind of, it's like having that thread that you're following, and it, it just kept guiding me, um, if that makes sense. So I just kept following the thread. I just kept a hold of the thread, and I kept going. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about, living into your wisdom. That's yes. exactly what we're talking about. And you describe yes. it as that thread. Other people see it as a spark of light. Um, each person describes it as something that they can hold on to, but they don't even know what they're holding on to. Yes. Yes, exactly. And just seeing the next step and the next step and the next step. Boy, if we can help people understand that it's okay to face the unknown and to just take one step at a time, that would be wonderful if we could get that message across because there's no other way of doing it. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And of course, we all wish and i think it's part of what spurs on our service is is that we'd like to make it simpler or easier from so, for someone who comes uh after us perhaps uh but so much of it was going through it learning it and then later on of course spirit would bring in somebody that would explain oh this is what's happening or this is you know, this is who you're connecting with. So yes, to anyone listening, if you're in the thick of the unknown with just the next step in front of you, you're, you're in the absolute right place and you're doing it absolutely beautifully. Because I, I think it's easy to either judge ourselves or doubt ourselves since it doesn't look like some picture that we have in our mind of, of how it's supposed to be. Right. And we, we're not a culture that has the type of education that you might receive in an indigenous culture, some type of spiritually mm. embodied mm -hmm. culture where from childhood, you understand the essence of your spirit that that's been recognized by the elders in the tribe that they're, consciously cultivating this 
we were born into a time where every single person is having to carve out their own path. Exactly. And not always in supportive, friendly environments. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, that, and I want people to know that. I want people to understand. I want our listeners to understand that if they're feeling that this is a big challenge, that they feel maybe lonely and isolated, that they're mm-hmm. actually the walking the path of a mystic. Mm. And sometimes the mystic doesn't uh, have the support of the culture, and it forms kind of a, a wall or a boundary that we bounce off and forces us back inward. And mm-hmm. in that inward process, we open up to the support that you were describing from Mm -hmm. a greater reality that becomes the foundation for actually attracting support and a community on the earth level. Yes, exactly. You know, one thing that I hear in your voice is an openness to receiving like you deserve it, like you've come to a place where you understand that you actually deserve to have help. Yes, and that has not always been the case. So I very much appreciate that that you are reflecting that. And and that is true. You're, You're absolutely correct. It is true. But I did not always know that. From the human perspective, I think I did always know that spirit was there for me, but we'll just say on a human level, I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and that's the goal of the path of the feminine is to be embodied in your spirituality to make it part of your everyday life. Yes, very much so. Yes, yes, and have it at the center of relationship and community and not Mm. be some separate divorced experience Mm -hmm. where you have to keep it secret or locked in a little box Mm -hmm. somewhere. Yes, exactly. And in your, in your biography, you talk about coming out of the closet. And I think that's the closet (laughs) you were talking about is that spirituality closet where we kind of keep it in a little treasure box and separate it out from our, life. Yes. So I'm also touched by your desire to help people in terms of trying to make it easier or simpler for them to take Mm. your place as a elder, a guide that is available to say, don't step on that rock, step on this one. It's a little more solid, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you have created a space, practice, a business. It's all of that. As you moved into this role, step-by-step, not probably, not even knowing that you would end up here, Um, but Mm -hmm. what that process entailed in terms of how courageous you had to be. (laughs) Yes. Yes, if I, if I had told my younger, earlier self who was preparing on it what, what she would be facing to create it, 
she might have had a little more pause, although I don't think it would have stopped me. <laughs> so, so many of our listeners may be feeling that kind of inspiration that, that they want to move in this direction that is in the spiritual uh, realm of, of working, whether it's a, a healer, a body worker, therapist, tran- uh, transpersonal therapist, um, shaman, whatever. And let's talk a little bit about the practical aspects of that, because I know it was all a challenge for me. And I know you've just written uh, a book about Mm -hmm. this. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I will, I'll start there. So the book is called The Radiance Equation, A Visionary's Guide to Coming Out of Hiding. Mm. owning your wisdom (laughs) and creating your greatest impact. Mm. And yes, it's all, it's all the gems (laughs) that I have gathered in my own journey of, of doing thus doing just that. And for me, I would say the, the biggest pieces were around the really fully coming out of hiding and being completely unapologetic in all areas with the truth of who I am as mm. a as a mystic and I use the term spiritual midwife because I do believe that when I am working with uh, my clients or or with people that 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 is my service i I am tuned in to the feminine in the way that as we are birthing the truth or the the woman we are meant to be th- that I'm able to hold sacred space that I know that terrain and so that has always been the case. However, the how do you turn that into a business, particularly when your orientation is as a healer, teacher, uh, mystic, it, 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 it's, it's a lot of new uh, skills. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a, it's an, a lot of new wisdom to, to accumulate or to gather and to do it uh, and I will also say for those of us that have a great deal of depth and breath and are not just um, kind of taking the top layer of I've, I've got this great inspiration or I've done this one thing and now I'm going to share it, which I, I'm not diminishing that. I'm just saying for those of us who anything that we're offering or bringing forward is a, is a weaving together or is a marriage or is a, is a birthing, a form that is new, that that is its own, it's, it's, its own animal in a way. And it, it I would say, uh, requires a perspective related to business that is a little bit different than often what you're hearing in a more mainstream business kind of training. So in my journey, I have toggled back and forth between both doing what I would say is the 
the spiritual depth work and the cultivation to become the woman capable of delivering what I'm here to deliver, as well as learning the concrete skills of how do you uh, put forth an offer? What is appropriate pricing? How do you stay connected with a group of uh, folks who who are a good match or resonance for what you have to offer. So it's it's been this this kind of back and forth of of both of those. And I, I feel like one of the, the gifts that I bring to those I work with, and this book actually is a culmination of that, it's the weaving of those threads together. It's not just the traditional business. And it's not just the traditional spiritual, it, it really, it's the path of, of how do we get to where we want to go with a foot in both or, or embodying both, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm just wishing I had this 35 years ago when I used to <laughs> cry myself to sleep because I felt so badly about charging for my session. Mm -hmm. You know, coming out of a spiritual tradition, um, and I studied with a a traditional spiritual teacher in a disciple-student relationship where the teachings were offered freely. You were never supposed to charge for any teachings or anything you did. And being a single mother with two children and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how how to do this when when my only desire was to go into the world of healing and spirituality mm. and how am I supposed to support myself? There's, I'm certainly not going to be going out there in some kind of robe with a, with a begging bowl and <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure I remember at least 15 past lives that I did. And yes. So uh, this sounds valuable, Joni, very valuable. Mm. Hmm. Well, it's my sincere hope that it is. And it it's really, it is a love offering and an affirmation of those who, who are cut from a different cloth, because it, it really is for those of us who are the visionaries. And, and it's, this part is not included in the book, but but I just want to say to piggyback on what you're saying, this the value of what we bring and the necessity of what we bring and and how to own that in a way and get comfortable with the energy exchange that includes money is is so important. So as we bring this podcast to a close, Joni. Can you tell our listeners how to contact you? Of course, I will have the information in the podcast notes, but why don't you run through um, what the offerings you have and how to get in contact with you and where to get that great book? Yes. So I'll start with the great book. Okay. You can access that at theradianceequation.com. That will be available uh, in a PDF form that you can download if you go to theradianceequation.com. 
It's also available on my website, which is revolutionaryheart.com because I came to discover that that was the truth of who I was, a revolutionary heart, and I love working with others who, who resonate with that. I have a presence on YouTube, and I am just starting to create more content actually related to those that want to be out in the world service, serving and sharing their wisdom and gifts. And my YouTube channel is Joni Advent Maher. Similarly, my Instagram, you can follow me there, Joni Advent Maher. And on Facebook, I am Revolutionary Heart. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us today. You're such a blessing. Many blessings to you. Thank you. My pleasure to be here and blessings to you and to you, dear listener. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.